0: People still to this day, I have a friend who went to Newfoundland and he sent me a picture of a fish that he had Mm -hmm. caught from the sea. Um, and I, you know, sent him back. I had photoshopped a carrot, like he was holding a big carrot. (laughs) And I was like, Hey, remember? and I like put an old kind of filter on it so it looked like an old picture, and I was like, Hey remember the time when you caught that carrot (laughs) and it's like just a subtle reminder, like, Hey, I don't, I don't see that as food.
1: So welcome to the Flare Up show and this is my very first episode. Not going to be more honored than to have Josh Lynn's on this episode with me and we're going to talk about plants. We're going to talk about animals. We're going to talk about all sorts of wonderful things that I think you're going to find really fascinating and interesting and I think that you will feel a little smarter after listening to Josh because I know I always do he's just a great thought leader just a great person all around and uh, don't forget to check out the show notes because there's a link to Josh's own podcast as well as uh, a link to a meditation group for vegans and vegan activists that he uh, mentions in the episode and also in the show notes there's a link for you to leave me cues so that I can give you a so questions and answers So I'm hoping that with each episode there will be a little spot where I can answer any of your questions whether it's about again that really wide scope that I have of mental health physical health it could be nutrition could be animals could be self-care could be all sorts of wonderful things and don't forget to check out my Instagram and my Facebook page at girl with a flare you know i was i always laugh about being a vegan there's you know one perk of being vegan that most meat eaters would think is a bit of a downside you know just having that one choice on the menu when you go to eat but seriously i have anxiety and i mean anxiety means that i'm quirky lovable but quirky (laughs) but when i used to go to eat i would get anxiety i would have to look up the menu beforehand, and then I would dwell for days on what I was going to pick. Now I'm doing an entree, an appetizer, multiple appetizers, dessert, and then I'd get there. I'd be so sure in my head prepared, but then I'd get there and I'd look at the menu and be like, I still don't know. I can't decide between all these things. (laughs) But now as a vegan, thank goodness, there's only one choice and I'm going to order it and I'm darn well gonna like it. <laughs> the servers often don't even have to give me a menu. I'm just yelling at my order as I walk in the door straight to the kitchen, you know, veggie burger pronto. I'll be at my usual table. No, no, I'll just seek myself. But now, now that this plant-based diet, even flexitarians and pescatarians, it's the simplicity is just not there as much as it used to be and you know what it is you know what it really is that has become the bane of my existence that has screwed up the simplicity of the one menu item for vegans like me with anxiety that can't decide what they want cauliflower cauliflower it makes everything it makes wings it makes bites it makes nuggets it makes pizza crust it makes rice like oh damn you cauliflower anyways so uh please check out this episode and uh please hit the subscribe button please feel free to share it if you enjoy it and i really look forward to answering many of your cues in the future and i will wrap up at the end with a little uh trailer for next week's episode hi josh how are you
0: Good Chrissy hi how are you?
1: (laughs) Good thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today you know we met earlier this year when you reached out about an idea that we're definitely going to talk about a little bit later on uh you are 100% plant-based you're active in environmental causes a little bit in the politics too and even host your own podcast so just please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and a bit about your show
0: sure so i'm josh Linz. uh i started a podcast called talking plants and animals uh earlier this year and like you said i've been kind of uh plant-based in the plant-based kind of animal world for quite a while i wouldn't call myself an activist i've been called an ac- an activist before but and I wouldn't call myself a politician. I would never uh, run for office, I don't think, in this lifetime. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I studied philosophy in university. And I've had these, I've, uh, I've always been interested in ethics and you know, lifestyle and different ways of living. And yeah, um, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the po- the podcast uh, is kind of uh, all over the place, like I talk to all sorts of different people um, about all sorts of different topics that kind of revolve around plants and animals. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think but- one of the things, if it's okay, I appreciate about your podcast and the space that you created is, it's these unique conversations. You would think that a vegan podcast would have vegans on it, but it's not. But I think it's really great because the focus is compassionate living, but you don't restrict your show in any way. You brought on some really interesting guests. I mean, I think there was one about voyageurs, which is definitely not plant-based living, But it was a really great episode. You're you're just allowing the space for people to share openly, but there's no division, which I really like. There's no divisiveness or you against me. It's like these thoughts can exist in the same place and you educate each other. Was that something that you were being mindful about? Was that a deliberate choice? Or is it just kind of organically going that way?
0: I think uh, I did think about, I've had those thoughts. Um, uh, And for example, the next episode, um, is probably going to be. I'm probably going to be talking with a hunter. Oh yeah. Um, a childhood friend of mine mm-hmm. who ended up being a, a hunter and a and a, a guide for for other hunters. So, it, but I told him I you know I told him I wouldn't advertise this company. I don't want to send people to them. Um, but I also and I and I told him I also like he suggested first that I talk to such and such people and I was like I don't know them I, I how would that conversation go it would just be <laughs> such a I was talking to a friend of mine and they they would be like you know what would you ask them how do you sleep at night but you no know, <laughs> you know so but I could talk to my friend um, no. who we went we were in kindergarten to grade 12 together um so um and i respect him we've both we've respected each other um our whole lives so we can have a civil good honest conversation where you know i know that he um doesn't see himself as a villain i don't see him as you know some cartoon evil character no. um he's a I, I I haven't walked this is the thing I have walked a little bit in his shoes because we come from the same small town in north northern Manitoba so we kind of have walked walked in the same shoes so it's it, it will be an interesting conversation but but back to your point about you know I mean, I don't think there is for for. There's no perfect vegan. There's no 100% plant-based person. There's no perfect person at all. There's no. There. It's silly to to try and gatekeep um, anything when uh, uh, it's all context-dependent. It's all. It's all based on what you can do and and what your what. Thoughts you've deconditioned yourself out of, right? Um, you can't can't really blame someone for not knowing something if they've you know if they've never been exposed to it. Um, and the thing is, like my friend, I'm glad like people are willing to talk to me and have and and meet me halfway too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just me meeting them halfway; they're meeting me halfway and being receptive to the, the ideas that I've stumbled across, right? So um yeah yeah
1: <laughs> no I think that's really great I I just had a question that kind of slipped my mind that happens a lot with me um <laughs> it's a ADHD moment there um totally. tell me about a little bit about like you grew up in Thompson Manitoba so talk a little bit about that like when you first <laughs> became vegan I kind of joke with with my mom I'll tell my little story a little bit but was it almost like a a coming out for Joshua or was <laughs> it or is your family pretty pretty cool about it or kind of curious as to what you're doing and why
0: um if there was a, it, yeah. there was a lot of there yeah i'm I'm good talking about it there was a lot of uh <laughs> not outright ridicule, but jokes <laughs> obviously um it wasn't i can't compare it to coming out because no, 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 no. yeah because that can that can be really i mean there's you know there's, there's other kinds of coming out that are much, much worse. Definitely. Um, but it is a kind of coming out in the sense of, like, I have questioned the unquestionable narrative of our society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a taboo topic. Um, you know, going around thinking that animals are, you know, have no morally distinct you know there's no moral distinction between animals and people in a lot of ways um going around saying you know telling people that they're eating people you know we have movies about that like uh science fiction movies like um uh what's that one word are it's people they're eating people soil and green
1: oh yep yep
0: you know and uh so, so, yeah, you kind of have to it's you, people still to this day, I have a friend who went to Newfoundland, and he sent me a picture of a fish that he had say mm-hmm. caught from the sea. Um, and I you know sent him back. I had photoshopped a carrot like he was holding a big carrot. Oh. And, and <laughs> I was like, "Hey, remember?" And I like put an old kind of filter on it, so make yep. it look like an old picture. And I was like, "Hey, re- remember that time when you caught that carrot?" <laughs> and it's like, just a subtle reminder, like, "Hey, I don't, I don't see that as food." Yeah, you know, he knows that, and he knows that it doesn't have to be food. That it can, that it is, a, that this a fish is this separate being on its own. But you know, I, in order to not be completely outcast from all of my friends and family you kind of can't take it too seriously because um, you know I can't it's no it's not you know good for anybody to to I don't think in my person in my my circumstance anyway it wouldn't be helpful for me to be like to not dine next to anybody for example who is not vegan like some people have this notion that they shouldn't even sit down and break bread with non-vegans and it's like well I just don't understand I just don't I just I think life is too complex
1: I think for some people for some it's a you know it's an ideology and they draw that line in the sand It's definitely not who I am either right like still very much aware, but I'd like to make sure I still always have a seat at the table. It's really hard to influence change without being connected to people. Um, But I think for some, and I wanted to ask you about this because I know that you sometimes experience this feeling that, you know, vegans call dystopia. And I think for some, it's so, it's hard for us to, especially for people that have eaten meat in past or realize, you know, how common it is. For people to eat meat, I mean, it's still, you know, legally acceptable and societally acceptable, but I think people find it so, some plant-based people have found it so horrific that they don't see, they can't remove their feelings from it. So they literally cannot sit at the table. So I know that you sometimes struggle and myself too, definitely with this dystopia. Do you want to share kind of what your thoughts are on that and what that means?
0: Sure. So I'll make another. I'll, it makes me think of another kind of science fiction. Yeah. Uh, situation with uh, the Walking Dead. Yep. Um. So in my mind, you know. The the dead, the Walking Dead are are zombies. They're going around eating flesh, eating people. It's basically a commentary on a vegan commentary. Of, you know, in my mind of what the the horror of what it's like to be a vegan in society this is the dystopia where you're in this situation where everyone's going around needlessly murdering other sentient beings for quote-unquote food and it, i mean they're eating it but it's not healthy most of the time and it's not you know rational or sane or good for anybody anybody so yeah you're it is kind of like living in some kind of hellscape <laughs> it's kind of like daunting to grapple with that sometimes right but um, you know in in the show i don't think i don't like the show for for a guide for for a living because it's like it's <laughs> it's awful it's just That's it's entertaining so-
1: I saw this funny meme today you know how much I like memes I send you quite a few but I there was one today that said you know I always used to wonder how there was so little of the population left after the zombies hit in The Walking Dead but now I know it's because they were all like wandering it's like, well, I'm not being afraid of zombies and you know I think I freed them away you know so yeah. I was, that made me laugh so much anyways For sure, sorry, go For on. sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah I mean and 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 the other thing, the other thing, so so there's that thing of like when you realize you're in you have to kind of accept that you're in a a kind of a hell and not you know at first it'll be overwhelming and scary and freaky, but after a million years or a thousand, whatever, after a certain period of time you're you accept that you're there and you're just that's what it is. And you kind of you can either continue despairing or a podcast Um, (laughs) yeah but but yeah i mean it's 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 any there's so many perspectives you can take with anything so that is one perspective that is completely valid and should be shared more widely because of the uh, sheer level of suffering that's on the surface of the planet because of us so it's a like a human caused hell so that's kind of worrisome and uh, concerning. And so it, it shouldn't be just made light of. But on the other hand, for our mental health, like for every, you got to have a kind of a balance where you can't take, can't let the serious grav- gravity drag you down to the, to a, like a black hole of never escaping. Yeah. And so, and so you got to be, humble too about your perspective and realize this we're we're all operating on limited information trying to make sense of the world just kind of a meaning crisis in general going on for the last however like a long time you know more than our lifetimes we're in a kind of a metaphysical rift um, a fracture that we're just we're experiencing it more and more cracks and fissures as as the days go by and so a lot of people are um clinging to various identities and making new identities for themselves and and looking for belonging, looking for meaning, looking for stability, looking for you know their truth quote unquote but it's you know i'm i've always been kind of more, you know, I've had the intuition that it's like probably best to lean into the other way, the other kind of like, embrace uncertainty, Mm -hmm. you know, embrace not knowing, embrace questions rather than answers. And so, you know, we, there's a kind of comfort in just being like, okay, I accept that I never going to know that I am living in a kind of a, a heaven or a hell of my own making right it's all the perspective that you take at the end of the day and what you put into it because you know the fact that the fact that we care you know the fact that there is not there's more than just the suffering in, that we're that we're talking about means that it's not it's not hell that we're actually Um, living in a huge open, meaningful, like very meaningful world, right? Um, But it takes work not to fall into nihilism. It takes work not to um, just accept the conditioning and the, the you know, we're living under capitalism, which has all these um, incentives, perverse incentives, you know, so my friend who hunts will be like, Yeah, well, I mean, there, it's, it's one of the best ways to make a living. They I don't waste any of the animal. And it's like, well, if we weren't living under capitalism, that, that just none of that would make any sense. Mm -mm.
1: Um, Like, and is that really where it got so out of hand? Like, I mean, to go from, you know, say the indigenous, the Inuit who were part of the ecosystem, always making sure they were part of that balance, you know, very different to nowadays where, you know, the meat, even if it says free range or grass fed on the package, I mean, it is still living in the most atrocious conditions and it's being killed as a baby because they're mass producing. And about a third of it actually just goes to waste anyways, because they overproduce the food and they're so subsidized. Is that really it? Like, is, is, I'm, it's not an easy answer, but is capitalism really kind of where that started from? Like, oh, there's a need for this. Let's just do it as fast and cheap as we can and get it out there.
0: Well, I mean, it started, it didn't start with capitalism um, and the industrial revolution, but it it probably started um, with um, uh, the animals in Europe that were able to be domesticated to the extent that they were rather than it was very, they had different animals in in Africa and North America that were less able to be dominated so and controlled so completely. For some reason, zebras, you can't tame zebras the same way you can tame horses. Mm -mm. Um, And so for, you know, for that biological fact, um, and the mammals are social creatures that they follow the leader and all this stuff, so they're able to be Um, because they're people, so they're able to be controlled and manipulated that way. Um, Then, so that's what I think, that's where I think it started was was domestication. There's this word, I haven't read up into it, but the word domestication, where it's like desecration and domestication, like there's a thing happened where the, like the kind of sacred, kind of pact, sacred balance was thrown out of whack when we, Domesticated ourselves and animals, um, but yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a form of just complete and utter control of another species from breeding their genetics, from you know, a, a, and just reducing them to an economic uh, a commodity. Yeah. yeah. You know, and nowadays, especially like f- fast forward. Well, I mean, we could talk about how <laughs> farming animals had led to the need for more and more land. Yeah. And and capitalism started because of a weakened weakened um, leadership that allowed for people with power to just
1: take
0: take land, stake out land, be like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. So. It's organized legalized crime in a sense i mean i don't know crime against nature mm-hmm. i mean we're uh, pandemics and climate catastrophes are the sentence that we're that is you know are the is what happens when you break crimes against nature right so <laughs> um
1: mother nature i think always will protect itself right i mean it's yeah the way it's going to be the earth has its own protective mechanisms it's going to happen where but yeah the greed the greed and the control is crazy i almost I kind of <laughs> it, on a funny point, but it draws a picture to me. You know, I like humor to see to visualize things. But I always think of, you know Bugs Bunny. I don't know what cartoon it was where he's like, "This is my friend George, and I just love love him." And he's like almost choking this thing to death because he just loves him so much and wants it so close to him, without thinking about you know. And and it's funny, but I think humans we kind of do that too, like. We love animals. So then we make them do all these unnatural things just so we can be near them. And that's crazy. Right. But it's, I mean, I have been, we've talked about this before, you know, I have definitely been one of those people. It was like, I used to go to zoos because I loved animals. And now I don't go to zoos because I love animals. (laughs) But even Mm. then we're so out of whack. There's so many animals that actually depend on us now. Like we've made it to the point where they can't survive on their own anymore. We have to intervene because we've meddled so much. And I hopefully one day that can go back to nature. We'll see. But in the face of all that darkness, how do you, what are some things that you do to stay well and stay focused on positive change? Like, you know, like look for the helpers, look for the positives, things to be grateful for. Even when, you know, we always have things that remind us daily Unfortunately, social media and the news that are quite negative and disturbing. What do you do to stay positive and and make sure you're not being sucked into you know despair?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the main the main thing I would say is is try and find things that help give you perspective and keep perspective and give you different perspectives. So reading reading mm-hmm. books for me, for example, just kind of the more you're able to shift frames and the less one single frame will will have will drag you down right mm-hmm. i think so reading but also just i found that um meditation i found a vegan meditation group that meets online oh, that's really? been super awesome, that is awesome. Uh, super helpful so there's like different practices like uh that are tailored, you know, specific to these, all these issues that we're talking about, especially, you know, living in unacceptable circumstances um, and and finding ways of uh, just with like simple breathing techniques and simple um, uh, meditation techniques. Um,
1: The science behind that is so, is getting so much better too about our parasympathetic nervous system, right? Your body actually needs still quiet, not on your phone, not watching TV, like not doing anything, but just like, you need that mindful breathing, not just sleeping, but you need times of stillness. Otherwise your body cannot handle stress. And when you're, you know, disturbed by things, that's stressful. So it all goes hand Mm. in hand. So that's great. What else?
0: So, yeah, there's all sorts of other things. Like I, um, I, I, started doing yoga for back, for back issues. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I, was, I was seeing somebody who was, who, who was able to like show me the kind of how to do it a little bit. And so I started doing it and realized, wow, this is, you know, I have so much energy kind of stored up in my body and just being able to release it, mm-hmm. um, in my living room, watching a YouTube video was just like, <laughs> great. I just love that. Cause I'm not, super, um, I don't go to, you know, uh, yoga classes, you know, in public. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I get a lot out of it, a lot out of it. Um, What's so your favorite yoga, pose? What's your my favorite pose? pose? Yeah. Shavasana has got to be. Yeah. <laughs>
1: sure. So people that don't know, it's like the corpse pose. It's literally just laying on the ground. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's when you're done the whole <laughs> so that's when You can yeah. relax at the end and just, yeah, let your breath go and just tune into your body. Um, and uh, how
1: different your body feels at the end when you're in Shavasana and you're taking like yeah. note of your body. Yeah. It's really amazing how just a little bit of movement and breathing changes how you feel everywhere.
0: For sure. The whole uh, yeah. Yeah, I can, you know, and when you do it for a long time, you notice more and more things and and you get you develop that sense, that body sense. Yeah. And I feel like it's just um that is like a uh, joy. That's joy right there when you can just get in touch with your when you can just you know, lower the volume of the of the intensity of um of the world coming in that getting control of that dial is is huge for someone like for me who i've had anxiety issues in the past like major overwhelm. um, getting a handle on that dial was huge and one of the main major key is just that inner that inner awareness that inner focus. Um, because that's like stability, because that's whatever happens happens um and along along those lines floating float tank Mm -hmm. uh, is sort of um a combination of meditation and well it's its own thing i guess but um another thing would be uh well i mean I don't know if you could call the whole category plant medicines but like there's some legal plants these days yes <laughs> that um contribute to uh mental well-being and spiritual kind of balance yep. and um uh I'm not going to recommend anything in particular because everybody people got to do what they got to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was,
1: did I tell you, I was listening to a podcast with Bill Burr, who's a comedian and he's kind of like a loud, whatever, sort of, his shtick is more of of an obnoxious opinionated guy. And he did mushrooms. I don't know if I told you about this. He did mushrooms and he's like, I had the worst trip, but I learned all about me. I saw my whole childhood and why I'm a fucking asshole and I'm good. I, I don't have to touch drugs or alcohol again. I'm nice as pie. I'm respectful. He's like He was like, whoop, fixed me up. Don't recommend it. It was really painful and tough, but holy shit. Yeah, I'm good. Like, you don't even yeah. drink anymore? Don't need to. I yeah. know who I am now. Like, I'm good. <laughs> Spiritual experiences.
0: I mean, uh, there, it, that, that reminds me again of a different science fiction movie, the movie They Live. <laughs> Where he has the glasses and yeah, puts well, the glasses on and off, and he's seeing like a different Roddy
1: Piper, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: was a great movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. And that's another kind of like you know Just vegan kind it. of lens. Yes. Movie of uh, we're getting all this messaging that's coming in, and yeah, it's uh, I think that I, I don't know how I got I don't know how I jumped to that, but <laughs> sorry.
1: No, it's good. It's good. These things are supposed to be random. They're supposed to be- <laughs> tell a story, tell a story who you are. We're just getting a peek behind the curtain. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to wrap up soon. But uh, one of the reasons we started talking, and I think it really ties into all of this because we know that one of the, the, the number one reason people quit being vegan or plant-based or activism is they just kind of get pushed out by all the you know, opposing forces. You know, all the advertising and stuff. That Vistopia. It's really lack of support. So you wanted to create a community. Like we do have a really nice, vibrant community in Winnipeg, but you had a very special idea, and I think it ties a little bit into, you know, you talked a little more about your anxiety and being a little more reserved in past. So I think it's a really cool story. If you're willing to share, I would love to learn a little more about where the idea of rehab came from and kind of what this process has looked like and where we're at now with, with where we're going
0: with. Sure. Sure. So I had, I had posted on Facebook about uh, a post kind of talking about this zombie idea, like, Hey friends, Hey family, I love you, but we need to talk, we need to talk about this flesh eating problem. (laughs) Um, and just kind of made a kind of a joke about it. And my niece had this suggestion that I start a summer camp for vegans to, or, or for people who want to go vegan but who don't have the skills or the wherewithal or the know-how or the X, Y, and Z to actually be plant-based. Um, and um, so it kind of got me thinking, like, yeah, there's it really should be a physical location where people could talk to, have like, and so I I started having these ideas, like idea after idea after idea, just kind of slammed into me real quick. And so I started to reach out to different people in the community that were doing um, workshops, like uh, plant-based workshops, such as yourself and um, other people who were kind of doing different things around the community in this in this kind of area. And I, you know, I thought a, a business, VHAB, where people would go, have a, it'd be membership based, where people could join up and, and so whether they needed help in the area of, of nutrition or working out or whatever it was in the context of their life that that was holding them back, there's somebody here in the community that is like the perfect person to talk to and for them and if I could just be the one the hub for, for those you know or not not myself be the hub, but if we could combine our efforts to, to create this hub, then you know I just the other day was hanging out with a friend and and she was talking about the climate report saying oh, what are you, what are we gonna do? And she was kind of in, in the paralysis mode. And I was like, "This isn't the time now, more than ever, to do something like go vegan. Like if you want to have the the single biggest decision, single biggest effect you can make, you know." And she was like, "Well, I don't have the time to do this, that, or the other. I don't have I don't have the the knowledge to make, you know." So there's all these things that, um, if she. Spend a little bit of time, a couple workshops and s- spend some time at a, you know, on, you know, growing, growing food, and etc, this, that and the other, um, it would just, it would just, you know, there's so much missed opportunity, because it's there's no institutional push that way, that whole the capitalism, capitalism is, it's, there's no money in eating less meat. I mean there's no money in there's money in like vegan foods and stuff like that but there's no money in in helping people um embody their values you know so and well, so yeah so i i reached out to to you and a few other people I, I started volunteering at winnipeg veg fest um and started this podcast to kind of get the conversation going um i've been the kind of vegan that has kept it to myself for 10 years, but the undercover vegan. Hip. yeah, undercover vegan, but um, I'm not trying to be a, a, a loud mouth or trying to be, be a know-it-all or anything like that. I just think time to maybe, you know, say that, Hey, it can, you, we should do this. <laughs> if you can, less suffering is probably better. <laughs> That's all.
1: For sure. For everybody. Right. And I really believe in the philosophy of do the most good, the least harm. Like you mentioned, none of us are going to be perfect. There's just no possible way, but to at least try and do the most good and the least amount of harm, you know, it just gives other people permission to do that too. So thank you so much for sharing. Where can people find your podcast?
0: So they can go to anchor.fm slash talking plants and animals awesome and, uh, yeah and you can find me on instagram too
1: yeah you post a lot of food it's um looks quite delicious yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you'll have to <laughs> soon hopefully one day we'll be able to potlucks again and you'll be able to bring some food Good. and share it
0: oh definitely yeah hopefully soon
1: talk about community yeah well thank you so much for being on and taking the time with me today really really appreciate it appreciate you and uh look forward to chatting again really soon
0: well thanks so much i appreciate uh the invitation and uh yeah i appreciate what you do too and um yeah good luck with your podcast and yeah, thanks again <laughs> thank
1: you well i'm definitely ready to go do some shavasana and um, Thank you again, Josh, that was really great, and we're already talking about part two, which will be post-election, because he is a little bit involved. He's not a politician or anything, but he does involve himself with some groups, and it's about you know creating change. Uh, So we're going to sort of have a post-election wrap-up come October, so you'll get to hear a little more from Josh again in the future. And next week, I have the Professor of Communications and Rhetoric at the University of Winnipeg, Dr. Jason Hannon, and he's going to join me, and he's going to talk a little bit about Uh, the gap between um, science (laughs) and people's beliefs especially when it comes to what we've noticed in the plant-based community is there's been a real divide of people that are you know plant-based or vegan that have taken a very anti-science approach almost when it comes to say covid or other disease management where you know we're seeing a lot of anti-vaccination and that kind of thing not a lot of compassion for fellow humans (laughs) and a lot of mistrust for uh, public safety information and then also you know people that are very much science related so we're going to talk about that gap and sort of where that comes from and and sort of smart social media use really 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 excited about it because you know what that may not seem like a health topic but it is because you are plugged into this messaging sometimes 24 hours a day uh and that does affect what goes into your brain sometimes is what comes out and it sort of sometimes creates a reality. So we got to be really careful uh, about what we're consuming and that we're consuming media, even if it's entertainment in a smart, uh, deliberate uh, sort of discerning manner. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and again, don't forget to leave me some questions. We'll have a and a. And so for some future episodes that we have booked, I have uh a speaker that's going to talk about trans health rights very excited about that um i have other speakers uh that are you know uh plant-based entrepreneurs uh within the city and lots of other uh personal stories from people that have triumphed over uh health issues or had some kind of some unusual setbacks for instance one uh person had the vaccine and then had a, a um an arterial tear that was not related to the vaccine uh, but a lot of people in their community were very much drawing conclusions that were not correct so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well so have a great great day and don't forget to subscribe